Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Broadcasting from the the iPad Pro on this wonderful Thursday. C. Davis, B. Ellis, A. A. Ron TV, at bat. June 14th, 2018. Welcome to the final episode of season three of FT Sports Podcast. Again, good evening. Glad you guys tuned in. 646-668-2182 is the number. Uh, we got a great show lined up. Uh, should be full of laughs, full of sports. Just recapping a good season. I thought the season was probably one of our best, but that's what you want to do. You always want to cap off previous seasons, and you want to have a better one. So as we wrap up season three, kind of talk about some of the biggest stories that we covered here on FT Sports Podcast, uh, whether it's sports-related or not. We covered the NBA Finals in the suite that it was. Did LeBron James quit? Is his hand really broken from playing basketball or something else? We don't know. But we will figure it all out tonight on this edition of FT Sports Podcast. So, if you want to call in, 646-668-2182 is the number. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Hey, hey Ron, good evening, sir. Uh, good evening. Uh, quick correction, it's actually the 14th, not the 24th. Uh I know those ones can look like two sometimes, but uh, I said the fourteenth, man. I thought I said the 14th. yeah. You know those those ones and twos, they're right next to each other, so it's understandable <laughs> how you can uh, how you can mix them up. Let me backtrack. June fourteenth, twenty eighteen. How about that? There you go. There you go. There it is. There it is. We gotta have one. I'm here, I'm, I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. I, I appreciate it, man. One more slip up. Before the end of the season How about that, there it is TV, good evening, good sir Hey, what's going on, what's going on Not much, man Um, A lot's going on A lot's going on I want to get you guys' thoughts, man Let's just jump right into it Wait, wait, wait wait. Um, Is the the diva late as usual? uh, Yeah, of course Of course, man man. We just going to gloss over the fact That uh, we're at 25% right now (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do that, McGriff. That's what you do, man. I, you know, call them out. I, I, call I, I, them out. Question, you know, okay. I just, just ask question. You know, we, I, I'm looking you know, at the board missing, right uh, now. I don't. I don't see him. I. He's after. Final. Man, final I mean, show. People get, people get beards and just don't know how to act, man. You know. They do, uh, man. They right. do, man. <laughs> The so, beard has changed this man. So, so let me ask you guys there, because you guys have the beard. What, what's the key to acting right? Then you get the beard and you act right. Like, what, what's the key then, fellas? What, what is the key? If, if guys want to grow beards, how do you act right? What, what is the key to success? Are, are you asking how to get your beard to grow? I don't think we can discuss that on this show. <laughs> That's not what I'm asking, McGriff. That was not. Yeah. That's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. Uh, you said when you yeah. grow a beard, some people don't know how to act right. So how do you act right? I mean, what's the key to the success? You guys are very successful. You're acting right. So what's Ella's problem? I don't know. 
That's what I'm asking. I, I don't know. I, I, I really wish I had the answer to that question, Chris. Um, I don't know. I, I, guess this is, I guess this is the first time having a beard, and, you know, uh, <laughs> the beard comes with some uh, It comes with some, some, some definite perks. It makes you feel a little bit better when you wake up in the morning. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he's just riding a wave right now. And, uh, he's riding, yeah, he's, yeah, he's definitely riding a wave. I will honestly sit here and admit I tried to grow the beard. The goatee is the only thing that can grow, so I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm not even trying again. I, I can't. So, you know, you can, uh, you can get it painted on these days. You know, just get some paint. I, yeah, like, I noticed that, just... man. I noticed that. And you know what, McGriff? I'm not going to lie to you. I, I have not searched any of these remedies, but every time I turn around, it's stuff like that on my damn timeline. So, yeah, mm. I, I, mm. I promise you, I kid you not, every time I turn around, there's some painting head stuff remedies and i'm like yeah i'm i can't do that well you know uh oh, quite fast what's meant for you will be for you and it will find a way to uh <laughs> to, to, to come to you you know gravity uh works a lot of different not, ways man it's, it's, I'm it's not all about that. attraction so uh first of all you know if you keep seeing I, something it could be a sign man you know go ahead for, and uh first of all you had the best lineup on the show man you know uh first you of can all put some lines in it for some waves you know and uh yeah okay Okay, first of all, this, this this brotherhood has been intact for quite some time. If I was to mm-hmm. do any, if any of us was to do any of that, none uh-huh. of us would live. It, it, you would not live it down. Okay, that that would not happen. I, I cannot do that. I can't pull that off. Nor will I ever try. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just gonna stick. I mean, it, I'm it, sticking it, to. It, my... it, Go ahead, ahead TV. No, I won't go say anything. <laughs> No. Yeah. I can't do I mean, if, 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 if that's what you feel like you need to do, Chris, we'll be there to support you. In our what are you talking way. about? I'm not trying to – I don't even want to do that, though. That's that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not interested in it. It just showed okay. up on my timeline, okay? Okay, buddy. I, I don't – Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Silly me for trying to have a damn civilized conversation without having the other member of the light-skinned team, B. Ellis, Welcome to the final episode tonight, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. How are you gentlemen this evening? Oh, hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> hi, Aaron. Hi, Kamisa. How's it going, mister? How's it going, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. All right. You're all right. <laughs> Pleasure to hear you guys. Pleasure to hear your voice and be on, be on this air with you. You too, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment, gentlemen. Let's let's uh let's let's start let's start here, man. Let's let's recap the NBA Finals real fast because obviously it ended in a sweep. We talked about it a little bit. We all kind of came to that conclusion it was going to be a sweep. That's it. However, what we saw in Game Four, I don't think any of us would have anticipated that. And LeBron James had an opportunity to change the narrative. That is. He's losing in the finals, even if he would have got swept. You see him with the broken hand or the cast or whatever, and I'm using air quotes here. But what we saw in the fourth quarter in the second half as a whole TV was something I honestly never thought I would see in a superstar. The closest to that was Kobe Bryant in 2009 against the, the Phoenix Suns where he just shut down in quarter number three and then shot every shot he possibly could with seven minutes left in the fourth. Did LeBron James quit, man? I know you hate 
when we ask this question, but I think after watching Game Four, it's it's, it's a good question to ask. Did he quit? Uh, was that 2009 or were you referring to 2007 when they lost to Phoenix? I believe it was 2009. If it was 2007, I apologize. It was the first, I believe it may have been the first round against Phoenix. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was 2007. Okay, yeah. my, my apologies. That, that was the year I was, I was trying to go back. So since then, we haven't seen a superstar do that. But even Kobe, to his credit, shot every shot he possibly could and tried to go out with a bang. It was weird to watch. But I know you hate the question because we, we always question the heart of a player and you say you can't question that. But did this man quit on his team in the second half of game four of the NBA Finals? Did, did we see that from LeBron? Uh, no, he did not because he okay. quit in the fourth quarter of game three. Mm. Uh, that man went and sat down with like four minutes left on the clock and took the sleeve off his arm, and it was a wrap. Like, it was it was it was a done deal. You know, he was already uh, listening to his house on Zillow and uh, you know uh, looking up the DMZ to see how he can change his life and play over. And uh, yeah. Oh man, thanks TV. Appreciate that. Oh no problem. Oh, you're trying to steal my dad. Now you want to steal my, my initials, man? What's up, bro? I can't oh have nothing, man. Wow. Oh, Damn. Wow. Damn, man. Wow. Hey, you know what? Be great analysis TV. from – that was great analysis trying... from McGriff, though. Great analysis. Yeah, but hey, try, try to steal everything, man. Man, he be, he be, coming, he be coming for dads around this time of the year. Man. <laughs> I mean, if you got something to spare, man, you know, you got to – It's about giving. It's about giving. Walmart, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I think y'all dads like Target, man, not Walmart. That's wow. real, man. That's real. That's real, man. That's, That's a compliment. TV. Did LeBron James quit, man? Did LeBron James quit, bro? I didn't see the. I didn't see the second half, man. Um, I was out and about, but I did hear, uh, based on you guys' uh, text message exchanges, that uh, it, he pretty much just he pretty much just shut it down and. I'm assuming once he shut it down, I mean, everybody kind of like just follows suit. And it just got to the point where Golden State just really, just really let it be known, like, hey, you guys, this is it. Like, you guys about to get swept on your home court. It should have happened last season, but it didn't. So, man, I mean, I don't know. It's I, 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 guess he, I guess he quit or I guess he mentally checked out. I mean, four-game sweep. I mean, this man, damn near after triple-double, and it's kind of like, what more could he have done, you know? I mean, hell, you score 51 points in game one and you still don't win? I mean, what else could he have done, you know? Alice, what do you think? Did he quit? Oh, yeah. Griff says, Griff says game three, he quit. Yeah, he clocked out uh, game three. Uh, clocked out at uh, the end of regulation in game one. Uh, yeah, man, it's been a lot of, a lot of little signs of, uh, of poor leadership, in my opinion. Uh, throughout the, that's that's what I discovered throughout the course of this uh, this series. <clears throat> as great as he is, you know, I, I've, I've seen lack of leadership in some of the critical moments. Game one, uh, he could have been frustrated, and he had every right to be. But instead of sitting on the bench speechless, he should have been rallying the troops to get out there and, and, and play for another four or five minutes with all you got. You know, he was defeated when he went to the bench, and when the game pretty much when the game was over in regulation, when it was tied up still. He had already he had already clocked out, uh, so his team came out there and gave a half 
half-ass performance in uh, the overtime. Uh, game three, same thing. He, he clocked out. Um, there was times where they were running the screens uh, to switch off between Steph Curry and, and Durant, and yeah, he crazy. wanted no part of Lazy. Lazy. He didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't buy, he didn't get up on a defender. Uh, he wasn't looking to defend Durant. Like, he, he, he took off – he took the, the, the plays off on the defensive uh, side of the ball. Now, I keep hearing some of the excuses, oh, well, he's being asked to do so much. I hear that. I, I can't argue that or debate it, but when it's on the line and you're, if you're as great as everyone says you are and you're proclaimed to be, I would think that you would go – you would be the one defending the best defender and then playing with a sense of urgency. So, you know, that, that didn't happen multiple times throughout the series. And then in game four, yeah, man, they just – they gave up. It started with him. And – his team didn't want to be there anyway, um, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, his leadership can be called into be in question because he came out there and gave a lackluster performance as well. Um, so, like you said, we, we talk about the stats, and I know y'all be on my head when I say DeRozan and Lowry be averaging twenty six, twenty seven points a game. Who cares? Like, like those aren't impact points. And I think LeBron, even though he almost averaged a triple double, you know, some of those intangibles were not there in critical moments. Wow, um, interesting, interesting thoughts there. Even McGriff, you kind of led that off the right way too, man. Um, taking the sleeve off, he clocked out. Zillow, Rent. dot com, all any app you could possibly think of, he's looking for a home. So I guess the question is, we saw him leave Cleveland before. I think it's a far gone conclusion that he's gone again. I don't think he's coming back to Cleveland. Uh, the, first of all, does anybody think he's coming back to Cleveland? No, I, I no. don't think. I don't think no. so, man. No. Okay, so the only way how... he'll come back to Cleveland. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead, go ahead, McGriff. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the only way I see him come back to Cleveland is somehow he uh, starts playing for the Browns. I heard, I, you know, I heard that, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, if the NBA wanted anything, conspiracy theorists, if you would, again, air quotes, that the NBA wants LeBron in Cleveland because, to be quite honest with you guys, the only time Cleveland will make money if he leaves is when he comes back to play against them. That's it. Other than that, that city will go right back. I hate to say it, but financially, they'll go right back to what it was because the roster that they have is probably going to turn over. And there's absolutely no way that they're going to even make the playoffs next year. Like, that's a death done. However, Ellis says Houston TV, McGriff, where does LeBron James go if he does leave Cleveland next season? Either one of you guys. Uh, Houston, I mean, I mean that's, that's a possibility, man. But, again, you, gotta, you have an aging point guard in Chris Paul. Um, <clears throat> you got a guy in James Harden who, who who does great things during the regular season, but come postseason play is where, you know, he he tends, you know, he tends to, he tends to disappear. He tends to shrink in in the biggest moments. So that's a destination. Also, there's talks of L.A. of course, but again, with L.A., it's a younger roster, but you will definitely have to do, make make some uh, personnel moves as far as. What you gonna do with Kyle Kuzma, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting dynamic over in L.A. I mean, if he goes to L.A. 
it's pretty much him just riding out into the sunset. I mean, it's been said that he has property out there. He has a few businesses. He's getting his hands into the into the um, into the filming industry. So if he goes out there, it's pretty much just riding up in the sunset. Because if he goes to L.A., I mean, I don't see him coming out the west. I mean, either, either, if he goes to the west, either way, there's no way he's coming out the west. You know. So I think he, I think he's better off staying in the east. Um, mm-hmm. either go to Philly and there's been talks about Boston, but then if you go to Boston, you got to do something with Kyrie and right. a couple more pieces. So, but I, I definitely see him going back to Cleveland. I mean, there's zero chance he's, he goes back to Cleveland. Zero chance. McGriff, what do you think? Where, where, where does LeBron James go? Uh, yeah, so definitely zero chance that he's going back to Cleveland. Um, and I agree with, uh, fellas. Um, he's definitely going to the West, uh, somewhere. Um, but where he goes is still a toss-up for me. Like, I don't think LeBron wants to go to a team that he has to necessarily build. Um, I think he wants to uh, – I think he's looking to win his, win a championship within his first to second year on that team, and he's not really looking to try to build and, you know, get rid of a coach and get it the coach that he wants like he did in Cleveland and get rid of right. the players that he doesn't want. You know, he can't send Dwayne Wade away, Dwayne Wade away again, you know. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I was thinking about OKC, but uh, I'm I'm not sure. Okay, fair enough. I, I'll say this, fellas. Three years is what I give LeBron James on this next team. Three years. And I honestly think he goes to Philly. That's my opinion. That's, uh, that's just my thought. I think he goes there um, to complete the process, if you would. Because if he wants to continue to compete for championships, to TV's credit, if he goes to the West, he's not he's not going to the finals. They're not beating Golden State. Golden State will just replenish their bench, probably keep a couple of guys, get a couple of guys that can contribute overall and play defense because that's where they lack from the from the bench this year. Uh, they were able to hide and mask that because of obviously the the efficiency of their offensive players. But if they rebuild their bench from a defensive standpoint, Golden State is going back and they're going to be a three P champion. That's that's a fact. That's a given. I've never seen LeBron James play with a true point guard, Ellis. Probably Mo Williams will probably be the closest if you really want to say, you know, true point guard. He's never really played with a true guard. Going to Houston, in my opinion, doesn't work because Chris Paul is the one that dominates the ball. We've seen James Harden dominate the ball, but now you've got three guys that can do that. How would D'Antoni build that type of chemistry? I don't know. I don't really see it in Houston. I want to get your thoughts on that. But I want to also ask you this, too, Ellis, two unlikely destinations that I think he would be a good fit for, Portland and Washington. Um, I don't think either one of those teams would be a good fit for him. I think okay. especially Washington. I think Portland, Portland, yes, from a standpoint – actually – no, man, Portland's roster has too many holes in it. Like, it's, it, he'd be in the same position that he's in Cleveland. You know, but he's I mean, got, I'm he's got trusted he's... guards, though, right? He, he This will be the first time he has two, a point guard and a shooting guard that are legitimate superstars. I I can't argue that. Um, I still think that that front line is questionable, and the, the depth, depth of that bench is already de- de- depleted. Like, Portland has too many issues right now, and they have a bunch of max contracts on players that are trash. They got, like, three guys over there that are considered to have maximum contracts, and they're, like, literally not even role players. You know, so they got, like, three guys over there collecting dust, like Timothy Mozgov and that, that 
that contract that they gave him out were in L.A. You got three other guys that have similar contracts like that. So I think – I don't even know if they have the room to be able to get a max player. In fact, Portland doesn't have the room to get a, get a max player such as LeBron. They don't have the cap space for it. So I'm going to okay. have to eliminate Portland just based off of the poor poor decisions, poor financial decisions and investments in the they roster currently. Now, what if you want to look at Washington, um, Washington, I I think is is doable, man. But I I question I question the heart of uh of Wall, man. And and I don't want to say Bill because Bill held it down, but I don't know. Wall is looking looking kind of cancerous over there, and I and I think. Um, I think their coach, Coach Brooks, is getting Scotty Brooks is getting exposed too, man. Which is why he got fired over in, in OKC. So I, I'm, you know, I think you got a questionable coach, and then you got you, you got some character flaws over there with with the t- team. I, I don't think that they're maximizing talent. And what I've seen from LeBron as of late, and I, I call this out in the championship, I don't think that he's all that great with really, you know, uh, encouraging people to to maximize their talent at this stage of his career. I think he is okay. at a point where he needs to have a bunch of ready-made players that he can, you know, plug and play and, and, and are, are willing to just bow down to, to his command. Uh, I think okay. that's what he's looking for. I don't see that in Washington. Okay. What now, about, if you want me to go Houston. back and look at Houston, I, I doubt yeah, it. Because he's talking about ability. Yeah. yeah, I doubt D'Antoni's ability to get two ball-dominant dudes to, to uh, work. This year, and he did an amazing job, man. They were number one team in the league. Um, they both were very efficient. Um, with and I think James Harden, you know, and Chris Paul, you you kind of mask the agent of Chris Paul uh, because you had another ball dominant person in James Harden, and I think Chris Paul rubbed off on Harden. Harden had to play inspired, you know, defense defensive. It had to be some level of defensive effort out there, and they masked it with Capella. They got the they got the perfect center in Capella who's athletic uh, but can actually space the floor out. And then, you know, very, very good defensively. You got Trevor Reese. I feel like that's the best team because your role players are legitimate role players, legitimate a championship caliber role player in Ariza. And your other guys, you got six man of the year. Uh, you, you literally have a team of people that knows what they need to do. You plug in LeBron. And then you got Chris Paul. Those are your two anchors uh, on offense, making sure the offense is being ran successfully. And then you got the one, the best scorer in the game, and James Harden. I still think that Houston is probably where he's going to go, man. And then like Chris Paul is one of his best friends, and I think that ultimately will help Chris Paul too. That will continue to mask him and make him and continue to uh, slow down his aging process if he gets the caliber player of LeBron in there with okay. him. I think that that will help mask some of his deficiencies and, and overall health. So I'm thinking okay. that's probably going to be the number one spot. Number two would be L.A., um, the Lakers, because the they Lakers. actually have a yeah, cap okay. space to sign two max players. So in addition to LeBron coming over to being a max player, they still have room for another max player. So they potentially can get they potentially can get Kawhi and LeBron or a LeBron and a George Paul or Paul George, literally the same season, to sprinkle in with a ball. Right. What's, what's, what's number players. three? Number three, and uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, and I think it's a 33% chance, like literally 33 for thir- for all three of these teams, would be the Boston Celtics. I didn't mention There's, no, there's okay. no level of commitment. There's no level of commitment from Kyrie Irving. 
They pretty much put $110 million on the table for him, and he declined it. And he already has health issues. And I've already seen, we've already seen that the Celtics are not loyal. They got rid of your boy after you gave them 30 points, a 30-point season pretty much. They shipped him out. I think it's no different from Kyrie. Kyrie's not ready to commit. You already showed that your young players can literally hold their own without Kyrie. They were one game away from the, the Eastern Conference Championship without Hayward and Kyrie. And now you got Kyrie who's already showing you that he has injury issues too. Let's not play, let's let's not change that narrative. He's been injured damn near every year of his career as well. So well, and you already, oh, you I already I'm, I'm sorry, you let me already slow you down for a second. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead. You already extended $110 million to this man. He, he declined. Danny Ainge has already shown that it's a committee. You know what I'm saying? Strategy is to have the committee come out there and make up for it. And they did, they did an amazing job making up for Kyrie being gone. Now, you, you potentially bring in LeBron, and then you can still potentially be, get assets for Kyrie since he hasn't committed to you. That makes Boston dangerous as well. And they've already shown that they're ready to win. They, they, they know what they need to do to develop talent. So you sprinkle LeBron in there with some dudes that already know their roles and know their places. That's that's and you got a championship caliber uh, coach, and you get to stay in the East to avoid any level of competition into the championship. Boston's looking a little bit a little bit more like a spot that might land him. And if, it comes, there, if it's at the extent, if it's at the extent of shipping Kyrie out, so be it. TV jump in there because he said something about Kyrie. And I was going to ask about Kyrie and Kawhi, so it just kind of leads right into it. Kyrie made the comment about, you know, declining the offer. I didn't get it as that he's not ready to commit to Boston as much as he wants to commit to himself or betting on himself because he knows he's been injured and he hasn't been productive. You can't be productive if you're on the bench. And I feel like during that press conference, it's easy to pull out that narrative that he's just not committed to Boston, where I think, honestly, he's just not committed to making that – he's not committed to Boston because he doesn't know about his health. Like, he wants to bet on himself when they're offering him $110 million, he could possibly make more next season, but he's got to show that he, that he can play the season. That's what I got from Kyrie. I don't think it's like Kawhi where Kawhi is just sitting out and he's, you know, he's just out. We don't know what the hell's going on. I, I feel like Kyrie is betting on himself, not against Boston, but against himself. What do you think about that? Um, <clears throat> I haven't read much into it, but from, from what you guys have been talking about, I'll say this. I don't think – well, keep in mind, he was traded to Boston. And I don't think that was the destination. Huh? He was. He was. So I don't think that was the destination or the organization he wanted to go to. I don't think that was on his list. I think he wanted to go to maybe like a San, you know, San Antonio to San Antonio Spurs, you know, somewhere, some, a place where uh, one player doesn't dictate how the organization run things. And you kind of pick that up, you know, after he left, uh, after he left Cleveland, you know, it was, you know, he was not quoted, but the, you know, there was some rumblings about how it was a situation where the, I guess the team playing. Uh, waiting for LeBron, and LeBron was pretty much able to do whatever he wanted. I mean, I mean, he did deliver a championship, but it doesn't make it doesn't make it okay. But with that being said, I just don't think he's committed to Boston. That Boston's not a place where he wants to go. So I think that's probably why he turned down the offer from the Celtics. But sure. okay, 
<clears throat> one of the things we're, ta- we're talking about LeBron possibly going to the Celtics, but another team that's been talk that's been mentioned in these in these talks is possibly San Antonio. Um, I like that. That will be an interesting uh, uh, combination with LeBron and possibly uh, Kawhi Leonard. That's if the Spurs are able to convince Kawhi Leonard to, you know, not even convince, but just sell him on the future of, you know, being 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 possibly the co-face of the Spurs because we're not expecting LeBron to play another five to eight years in this league, you know. No, so, no, three or four, not at this level at least. Yeah, exactly. So I think that will be another. That's that's another destination that 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 can possibly uh, use LeBron services for the next three to five years. Probably when I, I hear you on that, but let me I, I, cha- I challenge you on this, right? Because we we've we've heard, we've seen, we've talked about it. The correlation of the San Antonio Spurs and the New England Patriots. There is a way about playing with that organization or those two organizations. When it comes to the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich loves playing guys within within themselves and within the system. LeBron James can play one through five. He has guards. Popovich has guards, and he has wing guys. I mean, he has everything that a team would want over there. So with LeBron James coming over there, you would know he has to change something about his game. What would that be? Because he can't be all five. It is no way in that system, the way that Popovich runs it, that he could go over there and just do everything. He, He can't. He won't even allow that to happen. So what do you think LeBron would need to sacrifice to make that happen? Because he would have to. I mean, he would probably have to sacrifice the third, the third best thing of his game, and that's scoring. I mean, throughout the mm. NBA history, one of the things LeBron has been known for is his passing ability and his court vision. So, if he were to go to San Antonio and sacrifice that scoring low, I, that will that that will actually that 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 will actually ben, he'll benefit from that because now there's other people on there's other players on the team that can that can score that can contribute. So that way he doesn't have to shoulder that low of having to score, having to rebound, having to lead the team in all five or six uh, categories, you know? Right. So I, I, I think that's I would a, challenge you to that. Okay. And I'm, I'm no, go ahead though. I, I want to hear what you. I, wanna, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I, I have, I have a challenge on that one. No, that's. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, that's that's one. I think that's the main thing he would probably have to sacrifice once he gets to San Antonio. But go ahead. Uh-huh. I, I low key think that in San Antonio they need. They need him. They need all of those services that you just said. That you know, what I'm saying that he necessarily wouldn't have to shoulder the load on. San Antonio needs help offensively right now. Uh, defensively, they need help. You got uh, Age Ginobili. You got an Age Parker. So now you have questions at your point guard position. You have questions yeah. at your small forward position because Kawhi Leonard's not committed, and you have questions at your power forward slash center position because Paul Gasol is aged. So really, he would have to shoulder the load because the only guaranteed player they really have right now is Lamarcus Aldridge. From a from an offensive standpoint, that's where all their offense is coming from. And so he you, he does need to play offense in San Antonio's system, or based off of how their roster is currently constructed. Um, and I, I honestly, as, much, as great as San Antonio is, because they're well coached, they're a well oiled machine. It's the ideal situation, but they do have questions. Um, in the roster right now, um, uh, I dis I, I disagree with that. Okay, I disagree with that because again, he doesn't have to go all out in the postseason, 
and he can contribute. I'm not saying he won't score completely, but there will be instances where, okay, LeBron, we may need you to give us 30, 35 or close to 40 points, but it won't be, it won't be the same or reflective of what he did this past, this past postseason. I mean, this man played, ended up, ended up playing two series where they were both series went to game seven. So going yeah. from having have to play those X amount of minutes to go into a system. Because remember, San Antonio is known as a system type of offense. So he he may he's going to have to contribute on certain nights, but overall, I still think he could sacrifice quite a bit on the scoring low. And keep in mind, I mean, Kawhi Leonard missed quite a few games. You still have Rudy Gay out there. Tony Parker is old, but they have the young man, I can't think of his name, who's, who's, who's up and coming as well. No, not Patty Mills. It's, he's... Um, he came out of Washington Jeff State. Green. No, uh, no, 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 uh, not Jeff Green. Sorry. I have Are you to, talking I have about the rookie that came out? Yeah, the rookie. Yeah. Okay, I know who you're talking so, about. The so he, so, yeah, so he's up and coming. So if they add maybe one or two more pieces, I think they'll be fine. But I, like I said, I, I just think he will not have to score as much as he did this past season. I agree with that, TV. Let me jump in there real fast, Ellis, and, and, and then we're going to try to wrap it up so we can um, do do a recap of the season. Um, I agree with TV from this standpoint because if LeBron James pulls back as far as his scoring is concerned, his second – the thing that – I think his greatest weakness is being able to play defense from the top of the key. That's my opinion. If LeBron James focused in on his defensive side of the ball – which he, he became a better defender when he went to Miami. Let's all admit that. He lost a lot of weight. He, was, he got faster. He got stronger. He became a better defender. Not saying that he wasn't bad in Cleveland, but he became better in Miami. That's when he really developed his game from all aspects, from the offense and defensive side of the ball. Popovich, if he can hone in on the defensive side of the ball, San Antonio doesn't look to outscore you. They just look to outsmart you. And LeBron James' IQ is high, so they're not going to take away his, his passing ability. That's out the question. They know that they can get 28 or 30 out of him at any given night, just like Kawhi. They didn't need Kawhi to do that. They just needed Kawhi to be Kawhi and trust his teammates. So what, do, what does Kawhi do? He gives you assists. He gives you some solid points, 21, 22. Maybe he might explode for 30 here and there, but he doesn't need to do that. Why? Because they beat you on the defensive side. They just stick to the fundamentals. So I agree with TV. If, if LeBron James sacrifices a little bit of his scoring and trusts that, that system that is the San Antonio Spurs, that might actually work out for him. But that's trusted if that's, that's if Kawhi Leonard is on that roster. Like, to, for that to work, Kawhi would need to be there. If he's not there, I don't think that that works. I agree. What do you think, Ellis? Real fast. No, I agree. If Kawhi's not there, though, that that changes the narrative completely, man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, if Kawhi's not there, that that's a tall glass, uh, tall order for LeBron to have to to walk into in regards to uh, being successful. They would have success, but I don't think that he he has enough to be a championship caliber team if mm-hmm. Kawhi's not there. And what's so interesting about this, fellas, is that we're talking about LeBron and the losing-ass Cleveland Cavaliers and not the Golden State Warriors. Like, Golden State then just whooped the ass in, in game four and win their third championship of this of this series, I mean, of this, this generation, and then they go out 
and will win a total of six. I mean, they tied with the Chicago Bulls with six championships, and there's only two franchises that have more, and that's the L.A. Lakers and the Boston Celtics. Like, we're not even talking about that. We're not even talking about the fact that they may be the third best franchise in all of basketball when they win the next chip next season, which they could possibly do. Like, LeBron James has ruined basketball, as much as people want to say. <laughs> Golden State has ruined basketball. This is my opinion, but I, I digress. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. Let's get a caller in here real fast before we take our first break of the night. Uh, I believe this is Mr. Darius. You're on with FC Sports Podcast. Good evening, fellas. What is up? Good evening. What's going on? What up, well, I heard, I think one of y'all probably, the question about did LeBron quit, I said that I think he probably quit after what J.R. Smith did, dribbling that ball in game one, dribbling the ball out. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. that broke it. it that to me, that when he when J.R. Smith did that, I think that just broke the Cavs' spirit as a team. That's when he did that, and I kind of feel not like it's over. Well, let me I ask you this. Probably... Serious. I got. Let me let me ask you this. Hold on, because you said broke the spirit of the team. <sighs> broke the spirit of the team, or broke the spirit of LeBron James, who carried this team all the way to the finals. That's two different I areas. I, okay, I, I probably say Le, Le, LeBron James be, because okay. I saw him and he was so furious at uh, J.R. Smith and he supposedly broke his hand after the game. But so okay, so if he broke the spirit of LeBron James, and I guess this is goes out to the to the panel as well, Darius then then McGriff. Um, it's safe to say that LeBron James is just not that guy then, right? Because the it factor would not allow that to happen. The it factor would have known you had timeouts. The it factor would have overwritten the, the coach and called a timeout because he looked like he wanted to call a timeout, but he didn't. The it factor would have went out in overtime and dominated overtime, and the it factor would not have let his team get blown out in game two. Right? Right. Yep. That's right. McGriff, what do you think about that? I mean, I know you don't watch a lot of basketball, but the it factor exists in all We don't stop saying that. I watch every game. What team is in Kansas right now, man? What, what, what basketball organization plays in Kansas? What's the, uh, the circumference of a circle? What, what's the formula? Let's figure that out, Chris. Damn. Wow. All right, All right man. Go ahead. So, so <laughs> to answer your question, to answer your question, um, well, first of all, dealing with the whole broken hand thing, uh, I've broken a body part before, and um, uh, some of the stuff he was doing is not really conducive to a broken hand. Um. Now, do I think that he definitely did put his hand through something? Yes. Was it a whiteboard? Possibly not. Did he try to hit Jr.? Maybe. Uh, oh my god! And as a matter of fact, that might be what happened. Jr. probably walked up to him trying to apologize or something, and he swung on him and missed and hit the whiteboard, and that's how he hurt his hand. 
Um, but we, we've seen this before. We've seen people have broken bones and not report it. Uh, our very own, and, you know, we have to do it every show, bring up the line somehow, Matthew Stafford was playing with an uh, injury hand and didn't say anything to anybody. So I don't necessarily think that you can put that all on that. Um, we all knew that LeBron James was checked out. Like, we've all been in relationships where we were mentally checked out before we actually broke up with the person, you know, and it kind of only made things worse, you know. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm not going to call no names, but we've all been there. Um, So you know how that is, man, you know. Uh, You go out there and uh, (laughs) you you go through through the motions, you make your appearances, you know. Nothing, man. Go ahead. Yeah, man, you go through the motions, you know what I'm saying? You make your appearances, you be who you're supposed to be, but uh, you know your heart's not in it, and you know you already got your eyes set on um, on, on your next thing. So, yeah, um, Le- LeBron did, does not really care that he didn't win the final. Um, I think he cared in game one, but after the whole uh, scenario with J.R. Smith, uh, he, he was like, you know what, why am I even still trying? I, he started resting my body for next season because, uh, you know, I'm – not going to be in his uniform anymore. And uh, what, he walked off the court in game four, which was still, what, uh, two or three minutes left on the clock? And, uh, yeah, he uh, he took his uniform off, he pushed out the toilet, and he put his short set back on and uh, got on the bus. Mm. Wow. Interesting. I, I, st- so I, I said it before, TV, I don't know if you agree with me or not. I, I, I know that JR made the, the mistake, but I blame Ty- Tyron Luke. You see a guy dribbling the ball. You see a guy, you know, not obviously aware of the scenario. And as a head coach, you got to know better. You got to know better because that's your role. That's your job to be smarter than the players on the court and to know everything that's happening. And for Teron Luton not to call timeout the minute he saw Jr. acting stupid tells me that he was unaware. And I blame the coach. I I don't know about y'all, but. JR is the idiot, but who allowed the idiot to do the, the to do that? And that had to be the head coach. Am I right or wrong? But Chris, as a head coach, and you okay. know you get overtime. You know there's. You, you, oh, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm interjecting again. I, I don't mean. I mean if I can be quiet. Oh, know. shut All up, right. man! Go ahead. <laughs> I said you're but defending. Yeah, as a head, like, are you about to defend Toronto? No, no, no. I'm not necessarily defend. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I got to do what I got to okay, do. Okay, sure. So sure, as, okay. A, as a head coach, as a, shut up. Mm-hmm. As a head coach, <laughs> like, when there's time left on the clock, when the game is that close, it is mm-hmm. completely within reason to assume that your players know what the score is. Like, that's okay. not, that, you can't necessarily blame that all on the coach. It is completely within reason. If you were the coach, you would know, like, you know what? If my team don't know nothing else right now, they know what the score of the game is. They know there's only a few seconds left. They know it's close. They know we in overtime. They, at the very least, know what the score is. When you bring them into a huddle, you don't got to say, like, hey, this is the score. There are several large screens in that building that tell you what the score is, what the time is, how many timeouts you got, everything. So sure. I can't put that one thing down to coaching. Okay. All right. So since you're playing devil's advocate and you like to use these analogies, all our five of us, 
okay? Darius included. At one point, had to be somebody's wingman when they were out, you know, party or whatever the case is. We've all played that role. If, as mm-hmm. a wingman, if this dude is literally falling apart or just absolutely is, like, shrinking under the moment, do you just let that happen or do you intervene? Uh, how, how are you really going to intervene? You know what I'm saying? If they messing up, man, you still, as a wingman, you make sure you uh take care of the other person. Well, right, if uh, the main person didn't okay. get there, then that's it. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no third right. person coach there. Uh, yeah, I, I, what do you want me to say? Hey, uh, put this earpiece wow. in your ear and uh, let me tell you what to say. Wow. Like, um, okay, you're that guy. No. McGriff, I'm sorry. As a head coach, you, gotta, you have to know that. You have to know that if Dummy is dribbling away and you got time, he knew he had time off. You call a timeout and you regroup, draw a play, try to get a shot off, and don't just sit there and go into overtime against Golden State on the road, game one, and you had the game intact. You have to know better as a head coach. Well, Jim oh, Paul, well, I mean, Taiwan, Lou, he froze, you know. Tyron, Lou. Well, Tyron, Lou, he. I said Tyron Lue didn't know how to coach that team because I think LeBron runs that franchise anyway. But he he misused them timeouts in game two because he called so many. I, I lost count. Well, they were getting I'm saying, slaughtered in game two, so. Yeah, yeah they. Yeah, but they, that game one. Ty Lue could have called a timeout at that first free throw, maybe set up a play just in case. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think Ty Lue's going to probably survive another year in Cleveland next year. Because I think the Cavaliers, once LeBron leaves, they're going to be back to a 15 to a 20 win team. Yeah, 15, buddy. Yep. To, 15 to 20 wins, mark it down next year. They're flipping that entire roster. There is no way. No way. Wow. That's, man, that's crazy. That, that's crazy. Darius, all the yes. jokes this season, season three was great. You were on the end of a lot of those jokes because of the old Cleveland Browns. So I'm going to say it because I don't know if anybody else agrees with me on the panel, but we appreciate you and the Cleveland Browns this season. Thank you so very much. <laughs> you guys delivered the punchline of the NFL. And for that, you get the salmon ovation of the back. And don't and don't forget the memes on social media too. <laughs> oh, we won't forget because they're gonna deliver much more memes next season and we look forward to that. We really, really, really do. Thank you so uh, much, sir. Yeah, and I still don't I still question Baker Mayfield's the quarterback being drafted. <laughs> We all rest do. in peace to that man's career. Damn. <laughs> Another one. Hey, listen. Johnny Manziel's trying to make the comeback in the CFL, man. So, you know, it's always a, it's always a plan B, right? Plan B. Just saying. So much. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Thank you, Darius. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Six four six 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 two one eight two is the number. Um, so let's take a quick break, man. When we come back, let's uh, 
let's recap a little bit of the NFL. A lot has happened this past season, a lot of serious conversations, a lot of good conversations, but it's been a lot of off-season drama. And I want to ask you guys about some of the comebacks that we're going to see from the guys that tore the ACF. When we come back, FT Sports Podcast, we'll be right back. Remember, only you can tell which sounds are correct to your ears and your environment. Your equalizer provides you with the means to make any and all corrections that you in your new capacity as audio playback engineer determine to be the most accurate. Say again. Welcome to the beginning of the end. I'm killing the ball, reviving her with a pen, a boomerang, bring it back to literal sense. How many wish they had 15 more cents to make a buck at some point in your timeline? The flow funky, imagination expands mine. I try to climb above all irrelevance, stand the top of pedestal like a gold medalist. Y'all relish, trying to be facetious. I'm monogamous with a bun. I don't need it. That boy's hot dog. Look, but 24-7, raw. I can never be cooked. It ain't always about Killing for beef, I'm a hunter for beef. My venison speech is untamed and wild. UFO, like I'm foreign, unseen before. With a mic, what we eating tonight? Come on, we'll play at an open mic. I'll confuse for buffet, doomsday. For the fence, I do it every time, but I can't help it. It reminds me of the skies I came from. Don't fall, cause I'm not tripping. I landed in the Midwest, caught by the mitten. That's Detroit, baby. Welcome back. 646-668-2182. Season finale, season three in the books after tonight. We'll be back college football right around the corner. Excited about this college football season probably more than any other. I don't know why. Probably because there is no underdog and there is no dominant team on the radar. It's going to be a lot of a lot of good narratives, a lot of good conversations. Can't wait for season four around the corner. Uh, but we're going to continue on. we still got a show to do. 40 minutes left. TV, AA runs. Ellis, back in the building. Um, fellas, the NFL, we talked about it a lot. The, the national anthem, it stole the joy away from what was a good season. We saw the emergence of offenses out in St. Louis and Philadelphia. We saw a defensive prowess with Tennessee and the number one rushing defense. Hell, we even saw him come back in a playoff game against Buffalo. I mean, we've seen a lot that happened that was exciting. A Super Bowl where we only saw maybe one punt. Tom Brady got beat. Everybody was excited. Most importantly, the emergence of Jimmy Garoppolo in the San Francisco 49ers. So as we look forward to next season, the offseason right now taking place, a couple of guys tore their ACL out in Houston and Philadelphia. Those guys are looking good. Um, TV, I'll start with you, man. What do you think you're going to get from um, Deshaun Watson out in, out in Houston? I mean, he's throwing the ball, moving pretty good. Do you think he'll be back? A lot of guys come back from these ACLs, man. They're not the same. What do you think? Um, I think it's, I think I'd give it a, uh, maybe four, four to six games before he can possibly be back to form or get back to the rhythm of things. And then probably the following season is when he'll really start making some noise, you know, I guess. It's kind of early to say, but possibly talks of, I don't know, most improved or MVP perhaps. So, Ooh, MVP. Um, 
it's possible. But anytime a, a quarterback comes back from an injury, injury related to you know a ligament or you know of that nature, it, it takes a while to get back into form. Because again, okay. it's a matter of getting. It's that first hit, and once you get past that first hit, you know it'll it'll start to get used to it, and then the following season again, I think he'll be back to the Sean Watson we saw leading his team from comebacks and you know keeping them in possibly playoff contention. So let. Let me ask you this, though, and you watch a lot of football. We talk a lot of football, whether it's college football, NFL, doesn't matter. We, we, we get into these interesting debates and great questions. So here's another great question for you. Deshaun Watson, before he tore his leg, he was lighting up the scoreboards. I mean, he was putting up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. He didn't start the season, but he came in kind of midseason and was doing a great job. However, he didn't win a lot of games. So the question is, can you see an MVP playing quarterback with a losing record or that team is not in the playoffs? Because typically the MVP goes to the best player on the best team. But in this case, Deshaun Watson, if he would have kept up, he would have surpassed all the other quarterbacks in their touchdowns to interception ratios, more yards than those gentlemen as well. And he had rushing touchdowns as well. So, can, an, can a quarterback win MVP such as Deshaun Watson lighting up the scoreboard and not winning many games? Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't think so because the MVP goes out not just to the most valuable player, but most of the time or majority of the time, it's the, it's the player that has, you know, leading his team to, you know, arguably the best record of that season. And, yeah, last season he did score a lot of points and led his team to a couple comebacks. But on the flip side of that, the defense was injury-prone, too, losing J.J. White, I believe, to a, I want to say a torn a torn bicep or it was something it was something uh, arm-related. And, of course, there was another player that went out. So that also plays a role. That also, you also have to factor that in, too. Yeah, no, J.J. went out with a leg injury. It was a leg injury, okay. Yeah, but it was crazy. They lost another one of their other top defensive players too. They were decimated on the defensive side of the ball, which is you know their specialty. So like, I, I think like you said, what having what they had in, in their quarterback finally and knowing that that position was was being fulfilled, and you know it's it was unfortunate the injury that that uh, Deshaun experienced. But yeah, Chris, to answer your question, no man. If if you're not winning games and you're not in the playoffs, then you're not going to get you're not going to get recognized um, to the, with the highest honors such as such as that. Um, now, nah, I think he, I think he would have got rookie of the year for sure, mm-hmm. or uh, offensive offensive player of the year for well, sure too. I mean, so they kind of reserve yeah. those those rewards for situations that you're naming, uh, and and they tend to be true in the, in the NFL. So you can still recognize one player's overall greatness on offense or defense and their ability to impact the game, but sure. MVP talks no. Sure, I, I understand that. However, I thought, honestly, Antonio Brown should have won MVP last year, not Tom Brady. He's a receiver, mm. though. Mm. He's because a receiver. Because, again, the, 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 I, I know he's a receiver. I, I understand what the narrative is around the MVP, but that's got to change in the NFL. Because, again, I'm not going to bring up Matt Stafford. I won't use him as an as a, as a, uh, example. But if you're on a team – let's say Deshaun Watson, and he's putting up the numbers that he's putting up, gaudy numbers offensively, he's doing everything that he can 
But on the defensive side, they're giving up just as much points. I mean, one mistake on the offensive side of the ball, fumble here or there, changes the whole script. Is that the quarterback's fault that the defense can't stop anybody? The quarterback's doing everything he can. He's the best player on the team. He's the best player in the league, but they can't win games. And if you look at the film, it's not the re- he's not the reason why they lost a lot of those games. He did throw interceptions at the, at the end of those games. And I'm not talking about could he have won MVP last season. I'm saying if what happened last season translates to this season for anybody, can a player win the MVP? I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if Tony O'Brien deserved to be in that in that conversation for MVP. I mean, if he, I mean, he went down. I mean, he went down, and Pittsburgh was still rolling. So, I think of an MVP as a like, for example, like Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley is definitely a difference maker in that Rams offense because you had a coach that expanded his game, not just coming out the backfield, you know, running the ball, but also being able to catch out the backfield as well. So. The moment you lose that player, you know, are you still able to roll or are you going to struggle? I mean, if, if the Patriots lose – I mean, the Patriots did lose Tom Brady, but they didn't make it to the postseason, let alone they had a tough schedule and there were some games that they, you know, they, they didn't win. But, of course, they beat up on the Bills, as always, and other mediocre teams. So, I yeah. – for some of the games I watched last season, I don't know if I could – I would agree on having Antonio Brown in, 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 the, in the conversation of MVP because he even tends to disappear in certain games, too. I got you. I just I think about the impact on some some of those games and the catches that he made. And I know you don't win MVP based on catches, but it wasn't just the catch; it was the clutch of the catch itself. That you know, long third downs or you know the the game is over if this happens or that happens. He bailed Ben Roethlisberger out of a lot of jams as well. I just Antonio Brown before an injury. If he did not get injured, I thought he would have won the MVP for the first you time. No, oh, well, yeah. no. Uh, Jerry Rice has won MVP before. As, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Second, it's been the second time. Yeah. Second time. But, uh, so, I mean, if Carson Wentz did get hurt, I mean, I think Carson Wentz possibly would have won MVP. Uh, yeah. 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 I think they want to give sure. the MVP to the damn quarterback anyway. So, they might as well just say quarterback award. I mean, just separate them all because AP probably changed the narrative just recently when he won the, you know, the MVP at the, the running back position but it's always going to the quarterback. So, hell, J.J. Watt could have won MVP as a defensive player. So, I don't know, man. I think the NFL should change it up. But, Griff, what do you think? Because there's, you know, I think there's a lot of deserving players that should win MVP, but it's always given to the quarterback. What do you think? How, how should we look at MVPs moving forward? Um, I, I definitely think that, uh, it, see, it's, it's a, it's a toss-up. Uh, I definitely don't think it should always go to the quarterbacks, even though they're always the ones that get it. And it usually goes to winning teams because, I mean, you can be the best player on a losing team, but you still lost. So sure. it, 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 it's, it's a toss-up, man. It, it really is. Because uh, there's a lot of deserving people out there that are stuck on teams where they'll never get to a championship. Um, not talking about anything Matt, in particular. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even going at Matt Stafford, um, but yeah, man, it's it, it, it's a real toss up. Like, I can see it going both ways. And I was gonna say, well, maybe there should be like two MVPs, like a, a or an MVP and a almost VP or something. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's 
That's a toss up, man. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Anybody want to add anything? No, I was going to say, because you already have, you got, you know, uh, what the offensive MVP, then you got defensive MVP. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's other players besides quarterback. I agree with all you guys. It's, it's besides other players. I mean, other positions besides the quarterback that can get it. I mean, hell, a guy like Aaron Donald could possibly get you know the, you know NFL MVP. I mean, he's definitely uh, he's definitely the most valuable player on that Rams team. I mean, man. based on based on numbers and based on numbers and production. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a stretch, but why not give it to offensive uh, offensive lineman that you know in the future? Yeah. I mean, why not why not one of your your best left tackles in the game or your right tackles? I mean, I mean those guys make a difference. Or a center. I mean, the center job is to you know to call out the protection and identify you know uh, direction of like the blitz is coming and you know what the defense is trying to do. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll do you one better, TV. The offense doesn't move until the center snaps the ball. So, yeah, that's by true. By far, probably the that's, most valuable, right? That's, <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. Damn, I mean, whatever, man. It, it's an it, it, interesting conversation. I was just curious about what you guys thought about it. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. Let's get this number in here real fast. Six two nine four. You on with the team? Good evening, gentlemen. This is Lou from Jersey. How are you, Lou from Jersey? Hey, Lou. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, What's I had time, so I thought, hey, check out the season finale. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate you, Lou. So, what's your thought on the uh, the MVP conversation? Uh, the MVP conversation. Well, I think they made the I think they made the the right choice. But my concern is really, um, who is going to think going to get Rookie of the Year? This upcoming year. Rookie of the year that uh, that that just passed. Oh, in the NBA. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's talking about NBA. Oh, um, unfortunately, it's going to Ben Simmons. And I say unfortunately, gentlemen, wow. because I mean this, and I, I I mean this with all sincerity. If you get injured your rookie year, the key phrase is you got injured your rookie year, or even right. if you didn't play, it doesn't matter. You couldn't play your rookie year. So then when you do play, you're in your sophomore year, which means you are disqualified from the Rookie of the Year award. That's just my opinion. Blake Griffin and his clown Ben Simmons should not win the MVP, I mean the Rookie of the Year, because they did not play their freshman year because they were injured. I think she goes on to Mitchell. I agree. Well, Tell us what's your thoughts on that. You're, you're the basketball aficionado over here, so what do you think? I, I think Donovan Mitchell's going to get it. Over Ben Simmons? Oh, definitely. Ben Simmons had a lot of deficiencies in his game. Uh, free throws, shooting, uh, point-wise, too, man. I mean, he was only averaging about 15. I'm not taking anything from him, but I think Donovan Mitchell – showed a lot more uh, poise. I think he carried his team, and I think you factor in the fact that he's putting up those points, if not more, in the regular season and made a deep run in the playoffs. And I know playoffs doesn't have anything to do with it, but I personally think that may sway a few votes in, in his favor, uh, or he, in my opinion, more deserving of it. 
Um, no one saw Utah making the playoffs uh, in absence of uh, Gordon Hayward leaving. Mm-hmm. And not only did they make the playoffs, they actually put out a superior team based off talent, considering, you know, yeah. Carmelo and, and yeah. Paul George and yeah. – uh, and Westbrook, I mean, you could say mm, all you want. I mean, on paper, they're a superior team. <laughs> right. And, no, I mean, you know. But, and, uh, on paper, maybe, man. But Melo is, is no. He, and I, I disagree from that standpoint. Okay, Mello so you, you telling dumb. me the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz should have been advancing four games to one over Westbrook and, and company? Um, I was on these airways, and I told you that OKC was going to lose in five or six. So, yeah. I say all that to say the Utah Jazz playing in a harder conference, a harder level of competition, and he still stood out amongst all the rookies based so off his scoring, overall skill set, participation in All-Star Weekend. I, I just personally think that he he just was he was that guy. And this happens to be his rookie season, his true rookie season. You know, I, I – I, I think it would be a disservice if they gave it to Ben Simmons, in my opinion. And Ben Simmons chose with, not to play last yeah. year. He wasn't mm-hmm. injured. He chose not to play. His, that foot yeah. injury did not keep him out for the entire season. They went ahead and did trust the process crap, tanked the entire season, and told him to take the year off. Like, I, I don't feel like you should be rewarding anybody for that. I agree with that. TV, um, let's face it, the fact that Ben Simmons might win it, is a disservice to what Donovan Mitchell did his rookie year because uh, he should really get it. However, I think it's a disservice that if Donovan Mitchell wins it because he swayed a lot of voters in the postseason when this is a regular season award. So where do you go with this, Donovan Mitchell or Ben Simmons? Um, it's obvious. Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons is not a rookie. He was drafted. That's right. Last year. So yeah. why is he why is he even in discussion for a rookie of the year? Doesn't make any sense. So I, I agree, but some things just don't make sense. <laughs> I mean, it's, I no, mean, it's it just it's, it's just it's logic. Like you were draft, you were in the NBA draft last year. So come on, fella. I mean, don't get me wrong. He played good. He just can't shoot worth a damn. So outside of that, Donovan Mitchell uh, definitely. Did his thing, you know. Pistons had a chance to draft him, but we already know how that goes with Detroit. Oh anyway, yeah. how many so, years? Oh my god! So, 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 oh. Don, so, Don, so Donovan Mitchell for uh, Rick of the Year. Gotcha. Real fast, I gotta ask this question while we're on the basketball topic. McGriff, jump in here. Um, Ellis' favorite basketball coach is now the Detroit Pistons head coach. He went from the famous. Uh, overrated backcourt to probably now the overrated frontcourt with Andre Drummond and uh, Blake Griffin. And check this. The narrative is that they're building around Blake Griffin as if maybe Andre Drummond might be on the move. So what's your guys' thoughts on uh, Dwayne Casey and the Detroit Pistons? Uh, the Pistons. Yes, they do, McGriff. What do you think, man? Do you think Dwayne Casey is going to transform the Pistons as he did the Toronto Raptors? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know oh, every, we've been doing this for weeks. Every time I try to give this man some credit on basketball, he's like, yeah. he does that. I don't know. Like, oh, could I not just give you a lot of solid basketball commentary tonight? Give me my credit. And then you turn around and give do this. Some, give me my applause, Chris. Give me my applause, Mer- Chris. Damn. Wait a minute. And then you turn no. around and do this. I don't know. Hey, like, hey, Mer- hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I will clap for myself. I don't need you. You know what, McGriff? Just for you, man. Just, just for you. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we clapped for. <laughs> you get it, but you get that, okay? There, there it is. Congratulations, TV. What do you think? Thank you. you don't know either. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that, a, joke, that man. a good answer. This is a joke, man. I'm not expecting. Hey, look, man. Look, this is about to struggle. This is gonna struggle to get the AC. And you know, and look, man. The one Casey had a had a solid team out in Toronto. Couldn't get it done. So what's going to be different here in Detroit? Like seriously, what's going to be different? We're we're at a different point though, man. We're not expecting a championship out of this dude. Now we he just, no. he just hit the reset button on him. So I mean, if you want to say. I think he's coming in to a, a good situation. Talent-wise, the similar talent that he had in Toronto. He turned Toronto's bench into a formidable bench. Uh, he, he pretty much had two perennial uh, all-stars that he, that he helped to develop. So his player development uh, aspect, uh, skill set is there. We, we didn't see that in Stan Van Gundy. Not only could he not draft, he couldn't, he couldn't actually polish up on the people so, he did put on that team. So my question is, with all that being said, is the owner first of all? Does the Pistons even have a GM? They do. Former GM, GM um, for um, the Minnesota—I mean, not Minnesota—the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, so we finally got a GM. Typically, you get your GM before you get your coach, but okay. Now, yeah. my next question is: What about the scouting team that that's currently here? Do we have an? Are we going? Are the Detroit Pistons or is? The Wayne case is going to be allowed to bring in a new scouting team, or are we still using the same scouting team from the the Joe Dumars regime? If we're still using That's the same scouting team from 2004, then this team isn't going nowhere. Like, that's, that's, I mean, that's the flat-out truth, man. So, unless Dwayne Casey is able to do the things he needs to make this, or this franchise respectable as it once was, then we're going to be bottom feeders once again, Paying the coach four to five years, if they even give him four, if he even make it a four years, and we're back to square one. Not to mention that the Pistons needed to be in the top three or the top five, I think, in the NBA draft lottery. Oh. And the fact that they were not, they don't even mm. have a first round draft pick. They have a second mm. round. So any mm. player that could have been an impact player coming into the team is honestly irrelevant. We're going to have to look at next year's draft or through the free agency, which as we all know, in Detroit sports, we don't like free agents very much. That's just the facts. I still feel like they should have at least – I think they should have went after Mark Jackson instead of Dwayne Casey, in my opinion. Does Mark mm. Jackson want to coach, though? Because, again, TV, I, I agree with you on that. I do. I feel like any coach opening, Mark Jackson is the best coach. <laughs> it doesn't matter what – He should have been for the next. 
Phoenix would be a fantastic spot for him too. Hell, let's let's throw that out there. Sacramento. But does he even want to coach? Because he would have been perfect for New York. But I'll, he would have just said right now. I don't think he wants to coach. I think he's uh I think he's he's very much so content where he's at and if it's not a, a I don't know, if it's not a team or organization that's like literally giving him the ability and then uh having some pieces in place, I I don't think he's messing with it. So, so I think he's saying that he doesn't want to know the Golden State situation. No, I mean if you went to, went to New York it potentially would have been a Golden State situation. You already got a a older an inept owner uh, that potentially, you know, probably would have been feeling some type of way if he got to, you know, got in there and wanted to make his own move. So I think, I think it was his best decision not to go there uh, while while uh, Nolan is still there. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's very selective, and it's to a point where he can be because there's a lot of vacancies uh, yeah. in and out in and around the league. So you know, why go right. to a a terrible team when you you pretty much left the team. Or you actually, I'm not gonna say left. You got fired from the team that you created that's winning all the championships right now. So yeah, let, well, let's I, I said that you know that um, that Jackson still went to the next two. I, I think he'd be a great asset to the team, but no. All right, so 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 I'll throw it out there. Let's see if I get at least one ooh out of this. The next ooh. the next coach of the OKC Thunder or. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Mark Jackson. You go to OKC before Cleveland. Yeah, he's going to OKC before he goes to that no, dumpster nobody fire. Nobody want to go to Cleveland. Yeah, that's nobody a dumpster fire. <laughs> it's the blue. As always, yes. we appreciate you, good sir. Um, My pleasure, fellas. Yeah, man. Appreciate you tuning in and calling Thank in, and support. hopefully we uh, we see you next week. I mean, well, next season. Good, sir. Appreciate you. Right. Hopefully you'll get a chance to call my show. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks. See you in the fall. 646-668-2182 is the number. Uh, let's go back to the NFL, fellas. Uh, let's do, you know, let's, let's do this for one last time. Where is the music right there? Let's do a little bit of this rapid fire real fast. So, last rapid fire of the season, fellas. I got some questions for you in regards to the NFL. Um, when we come back, college football and the NFL will be taking place. So I think it's fitting. We kind of get ready for it now. So I'll just start off with this question now. Des Bryant, does he have a job at the start of the NFL season? And if so, where? Target. <laughs> Target is, you know what? <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm going with uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. TV. What was the question? Does Darius Bryant have a job at the start of the season? If so, where? Yeah. Green Bay. McGriff, is, is Target your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the fellas. <laughs> Green Bay. That's the one. All right. Speaking of Green Bay. Speaking of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers will decline the extension 
that Green Bay may offer him next season. He sure will. Like, no, no reason to commit. Uh, and they're taking away a lot of the pieces that he, he wants to have on the team. So, uh, business is business. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's too keen to stand there. And they haven't won in some years right now. TV, what you think? Uh, yeah. On one side, Aaron Rodgers doesn't feel that the uh, organization is trying to do the necessary things to put him in a position to win. And on the other side, the organization is looking at Aaron Rodgers as a guy that's getting up in age. So, no, I, I definitely see why he's not going to sign the, sign the extension. McGriff? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to finish his career in New England. What? I said it first. I think just, he just broke did I the just internet. Tell everybody? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Cause I, yeah. I, okay. Interesting. All right. Um, <laughs> won't be won't be appropriate if we don't give a Detroit Lion reference out here. The Detroit Lions yeah. will have a 100 yard running back next season. TV. No. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no. McGriff. Come on, man. Yeah. Yes. They will. Wow. Yep. For some reason, I don't take you serious that you're serious about that answer. Wow. Jeez. Damn. Ah. Because he throws shade at the Lions. He's been throwing shade at the Lions lately. I, just, I don't throw shade at the Lions. I speak the truth about the it's Lions. Truth speak, it's speak truth. It's truth. truth to power. It's yeah. truth to power now. Okay. It's always he's been true. Seen the, he's seen the light. Got it. Everything I say is McGriff? actual factor. All right, man. Whatever what you say, brother. Whatever you say, I'm with you. I know. I know. The Lions will produce a 100-yard rusher next season. No, fellas, that's not going to happen because <laughs> they don't have the talent. Uh, hey, 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 no, that's not Ellis. Oh, Lord. Well, I mean, technically, uh, uh, well, technically, I mean, uh, 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 u
When they're healthy, they're the fourth best ranked offensive line in the league. I haven't been too impressed. Even with those numbers, that's still not enough for anything. That's real. Okay, so let me ask, let, what do you think the Rams will do next season? Well, I mean, just like, Matt's not even really showing that there's a great offensive line, and it takes more than just him. But as a unit, it's just not developed. It's not there yet. It's going to take some time. But they've been rebuilding for the past 70 years. So how much time is it? I mean. Same time it takes to fix I-75? I mean, all things come with time. I I don't see how this is going to play out within this season, but – if you want to give another estimate of so many more years ahead, sure. But as of now, we're just going to have to let that one just go. Move on to okay. the next so, team. Damn. All right. So, all right. Yeah, right. So, all right. This, this is the last rapid fire. Right. She's going in. All right. So, here's the question for you then, ma'am. Um, the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. The Lions. I think the Lions sitting somewhere, stroking his beard right now, smiling. I think he's stroking his beard very, very fondly right at this moment. He's Ooh. very, very happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I really do. All right, let me ask this question. Shut up, shut up, man. Come, come on. Give me the moment. Give me the mic. The Lions have always produced a player where they may be Hall of Fame talent, but they've wasted it because they haven't been able to get the proper parts around it. I am not saying that Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer, but he definitely deserves more than what the Lions have given him in recent years. So, my question to you would be, based on what you said, will the Lions waste more years of Matthew Stafford before they get this right, or will they get it right just in time before his prime is concluded? Well, yeah, they solved their head coach because he's focused on the defense. And on top of that, Matthew is worried about his wife, Kelly. You know, they just had twins. And she's a dancer as well. So I I get it. Like, they're sort of sharing this playing field of Lions franchise ship together. But really, to answer your question, yeah, they're going to keep wasting his time. But it's okay because he's not – he doesn't care. I don't think he cares, personally. Mm. Hmm. I'm deeply offended mm. by that. Like, if he, like his contracts wow. are, are giving him enough room to just sit and chill and, you know, cater to his wife, kids. Yeah. And that he's not really he's not really pressed. I would agree with that. Dude. And, I, I mean, you, he also has to consider, like, you guys sort of pay attention to, like, the football aspect. But I get it. Like, I know his wife is part of, like, the, the cheerleaders head coach and everything. Lion Pride. Anyway. She's very well established in her dance career between the Lions and the Pistons dance team. And I don't think that she's going to let him just, you know, take another contract with the amount of money that they're already making right now together. So, yes, more waste of time, and he doesn't care. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. 
Well, well, well. I, I mean, I love Gallup. Is that a good? Is that a good response? I mean, that's a response. <laughs> I respect that. I mean, that, honestly, that was. I don't. I, I don't personally, personally, I, I can't say that Matthew Stafford doesn't care because last season, TV, you can admit this. The offensive line, once again, when it fails him, he is a marked target for for any lineman coming after him. And if you can't give him time to do what he does best, which is analyzing the field and delivering a, a ball down the field, if he doesn't have time to do that, he's, he's going to be on his ass. You've got to blame the offensive line, right? Yep, that's for any quarterback. I can't I can't say that I can't say that he doesn't care because there's a lot of quarterbacks that don't care. Jay Cutler, that's a guy that don't kick that gives absolute two about the game. Um I'll even say Andy Dalton to throw throw names out there, T V McGriff. Uh Ryan Tannehill for another guy I don't think it really cares. Um Joe Flacco. Yeah, Flacco's looking real questionable these days. Oh hey, wait a minute, who is that? Hey, Brandon. Oh, you changed back. Oh, man. He changed back. Oh, man. Oh, Dr. Justin, what's the hide over there? Right. Beer came back. Uh, 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 uh,
We know, T. Like, we, 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 we know, man. We, we know. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm like. Hold on, bro. Hey, man, uh, this is breaking news, man. Kellen Winslow Jr. got arrested, man. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that was Again. Again. Kevin Winslow Jr. Yeah. Jr. Yeah. I'm looking forward to summer, though, man. Little Man will be here in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that. Then I get to take my first day of school. So that that's my oh. summer, man. I was wrapped around trying to make sure that happens. So that's what I got up. Indeed. McGriff? Can't go wrong. Got his summer plan? Oh, oh. we're probably tra- traveling again. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Taking his lady out. Have, I'm going to Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what? What? About, about uh, to go ahead no, uh, and head to somewhere in Asia. Uh, you done? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am shooting over to Caravana in got August. It, got, it, uh, got a ticket to Jamaica. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it, man. It's, it should be a chill summer. Oh yeah, man. You think you shoot? You gonna you gonna you gonna? Never mind. That's what's up, man. You gonna Caravana? You gonna do your thing, huh? Hey man, I hope you have a good time on Sunday, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, man. You know, what I'm saying we're gonna <laughs> spend some time with the family, man. You know, you know, celebrate Father's yeah, Day, man. man. It's all good, man. I hope they, I hope they treat you right, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, my family always treats me right, man. So I don't, I, I don't understand. That's what's what you up, mean. man. That's what's up, man. I mean, you're you, a good you, guy. You're more than welcome to hang out if you want, man. If that's what you want to ask. Oh man, man. I, mean, I ain't want to intrude on your special day, bro. <laughs> I mean, no, it's cool, man. You know, I got, a, I got, got a dad. I got a dad to spare, man, so, like. <laughs> wow. We got room for you, too, over here. Uh, Damn. He said, I got a dad to spare. got room for you, too, Aaron. Oh, my God. He asked about you, man. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. 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 Oh, for real? This, this, is, this is happening. This, this is really happening. Wow. <laughs> Y'all got crazy, room for you, man. Yeah. You got options. You got you got options, brother. Yeah, you got options. You right over there, McGriff? I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Man. I'm just, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, man. man. It, it wasn't even no shade. I was, I was actually sincere, man. Damn. So is the show over now? Can we get? Can we go? Can we leave? It's over, man. He said, "Can we go? Can we go?"